Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tradies and builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. It's Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball with the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run on SENZ. Good afternoon, New Zealand. 12 o'clock here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you today on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Producer Big Ben Francis BBF is on the buttons. And we're joined by a very special guest in studio right now. He's here with us, ladies and gentlemen. A big hand for Mr. Steve Device. Steve, good afternoon, mate. Hey, mate. How you doing? Yeah, very good, pal. First time we've uh, we've done a show together. Yes, yeah, yeah. first time. Yeah. Okay. It'll run smoothly enough, no doubt. It was just a matter of time, mate. <laughs> matter of time. Hey, if you've got any uh, questions you want to ask, Ask uh, Steve or myself or anyone, please text them in double eight double three double eight double three. Or if you want to abuse Steve in person, give us a call. <laughs> 0800 150811. Hey, also, if you've got a text for uh, a question for Ross Filippo, we're going to be talking to Ross about 10 past uh, 12. So in a few minutes, please text that in double eight double three. Do you know Ross at all? Steve? Uh, played, played against him a lot. Uh, back in the day, yeah, um, never managed to get on the same team as each other, but yeah, certainly played against him. He's a, he's a big boy. I was going to say, he would have hit you pretty hard a few times. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been an interesting weekend that we were talking before about it. There's only four games on this weekend. There were four last week. And is there four next weekend too? Uh, yeah, four next weekend. So next weekend is the last weekend is of the bye okay. type scenario. So um, four teams have a bye for three weeks in a row. That gives everyone a, sort of a bit of a break mid-season to get a few injuries and whatnot sorted out. Okay, because I did wonder, I thought, why is it now? So, and I asked you too, it's not got nothing to do with World Cup year, has it? No, no, no. So I think World Cup year this year, the All Black players are not allowed to play any more than five uh, games yeah. in a row so that's the only stand down they have um, obviously there's been a few players get special exemptions yeah. uh, where there's been injuries and whatnot for cover but generally speaking the All Black squad from the end of last year no more than uh, five in a row yeah 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 it's always a bit different in, uh, in World Cup yeah and of course we are talking to Ross shortly about and it was the big game of the weekend the Chiefs versus the Hurricanes the Hurricanes two would you say the two form teams of the competition stage? Yeah, listen, uh, like I've been saying for the last few weeks, I think when the Hurricanes are on, mm. uh, they can beat anyone. And uh, we look at the first half, they were certainly on in that first half. And yeah. uh, just the ability of the um, the Chiefs just to be a little bit more direct and a little bit more powerful in the second half sort of rolled over the top of them. Yeah, it was weird watching it because I was the same going, gee, this is close. This is going right to the wire. But then the Chiefs just started to get away f- towards the end. Yeah, I heard the 
the coaches talk at half time and they just wanted to bring a little bit more physicality in that second half and uh, gee it certainly worked those the big boys um, stepped up and just like didn't play the offload game as much and just yeah. just carried hard and just got on top of the canes and they sort of weren't really able to to get over the top of them um they spent you know the the last 10 minutes of the match they sort of sort of spent eight 10 minutes down in the 22 and they they had multiple chances with multiple penalties and couldn't cross the line and and yeah. that was the, that was all she wrote yeah it was it was all she wrote and look you've been in, in teams before and I want to ask this question to to you and to chiefs fans and it might sound stupid but I think in the end it could be one of those questions the chiefs are unbeaten to win every single game to the final is a really tough thing to do. Do you think it is in their best interest to maybe have a loss in the next couple of weeks? I, I don't think they'll plan to have a loss. They'll they will they will keep rolling. Mm. They were you know when the confidence is high, you sort of you know you get the bounce of the ball sometimes. And yeah. I, I think definitely in that second half, you know the ball was kicked a few times. Uh, Dane Coles kicked the ball out of the twenty-two and it went out. They had plays around it and. Um, then in late in the second half, um, the Hurricanes kicked again and a ricocheted into the hands yes. of the Chiefs players, and they went the length of the field. So, you know, when the confidence is high, sometimes that sort of stuff happens, and you and you just get the run of the ball. So, I don't think they'll plan to lose a match. I, I think they might look to you know rotate a few people around to, to let the bigger boys have a bit of a rest here and there. But um, you know, when you're on a roll, you just you just put the head down, and you, you keep going. Yeah, that no, that's a good idea. I think that's the way they not that they will manufacture it, but to give everyone a rest. So if they do have that loss. It might be the case of we had five or six changes. The, the Chiefs do have a bit of a harder run home than some of the other teams. Mm. Um, the Chiefs, uh, the Hurricanes, I think, is the other team that have a pretty tough, pretty okay. tough run home. They've got to play teams above them. Whereas um, I don't know, look at someone like the Blues. The Blues have only got the Hurricanes at home and the Crusaders away in the next um, six, seven weeks. So okay, they they have a bit of it. So there are teams that have played their hardest matches, and there's certainly some that have got they've got a little way to go. So there's hope for us Blues fans. That's there, what you're uh, telling mate, me, Steve. Plenty of hope. That's I won't, I won't, I won't make the show all be about the Chiefs today. <laughs> don't worry about that. I'll get my favourite team back in there. Good man, good man. Double eight, double three. If you've got any questions, um, you want to ask Steve about anything to do with the rugby, we're here on. The Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. We will be joined by Ross Filippo shortly, about uh, 10 past or somewhere around there. He's catching the plane somewhere, obviously. Um, Steve, with this Chiefs game yesterday against the Hurricanes, we're watching a lot of players. And look, a player who was in like your position, making a lot of noise for the Hurricanes, Cam Roygaard. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of talk now, uh, you know, and he's, he, you know, if we look at our number nines, you know, obviously Aaron Smith, Brad Weber, they're probably one, two in that order. But then Cam Roygaard, he's putting his hand up for that that third slot, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. He's uh, you know he had a great game last night. I I think he maybe probably got a got on top of Brad Weber a little bit. Mm. Uh, but a couple of mistakes early, and I, I just you know sometimes in test matches it's about it's about not making the mistakes. Like rather than try and win a game, like it's it's the mistakes you can make that cost cost you in the end. So I mean, I look at uh, Brad Weber's game. He he probably wasn't as dynamic with the ball, but he didn't he didn't make any mistakes. And mm. and sometimes that's you know that's what the big boys look for and in, in the big coaches for the test matches and whatnot. So. You know, I, I still I still think Foster at the end of the year he he doesn't care about next year. He's going to pick the most experienced team he can to go to the World Cup and try and win it. And I I, I just think Cam Roygaard he's playing great footy. I just think right now maybe maybe a year short. Okay. Um, just maybe just doesn't have that. Uh, he hasn't sort of been around long enough compared to, like if you're looking at uh, Foster, you've got uh, Brad Weber and yep. you've got a young kid fresh off the block who you're going to take for your last last hurrah. You're going to take the old experienced guy, right? Absolutely. And, 
I just think that's that's the way it's going to play out. Wow. Okay. That's it's interesting how you say that too, because it's kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? You want to get that winning. You pass, try, run, whatever. But at the same time, if it's not in the best interest of the greater good, you you, you yeah. know, pull it oh, back he, a bit. He just made a few mistakes early. Dropped a ball off, think off the first line out, mm. and just a just a few little mistakes early on. A little bit unsettled that he hasn't done all year. And you know, sometimes in the bigger matches, that's how it plays out. So, yeah, listen, great talent, amazing talent. Oh. We're blessed in this country at the moment with halfbacks. They, yeah. they seem to be everywhere. So, um, yeah, great. Great talent. I just think he's maybe a year underdone for the all, for the All Black position. No. But you know, throw an injury in there, and all of a sudden, um, you know, he's he's probably first cab off the rank. Yeah, that, that's right. And look, you mentioned uh, All Black coaches. They were there at the game yesterday. It seemed to me every time they cut to Ian Foster, there was no emotion on the face at all. It was just he was just blankly looking at the players. What do you think he got out of that game yesterday? Uh, I, I, my my understanding is the the All Black coaches go there and they just watch one player for oh really for twenty thirty minutes and then they'll pick another player and just watch that one player. Is for, that how it works? That's like, the... yeah, that's well, that's how they used to roll back in the day. So, um, you know who who they were there watching. You know, it was probably the big matchups. It could have been the nines. It could have been the eights. Um, yeah. The sevens. You know, there was plenty. There was plenty of matchups across the board. So. Um, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see to see how it unravels. There are two great teams in, in good form going at each other, and like I said, the the Canes when they get it right, you know, they're a very yeah. they're a very good team when they get it right, and, and when they click, I don't I don't I think they're unstoppable. I don't think anyone can stop them when they when they get it right. But they they just sometimes they either get it really right yeah. or they get it really wrong, <laughs> and um, you know they didn't they didn't have a bad game in that second half, but no. they just they just didn't. I think they just tried a little bit too hard. They tried to push it. And yeah. then, you know, the Chiefs D in that in that second half, they just deed up and they, they, they didn't really have anything. So, um, you know, the Canes have they've come a long way. They're a young they're a young team and, you know, give them another couple of years and they're gonna be something special. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, we had players like I love what you said there about how the all black coaches are focusing on one player or maybe a, a, a battle between two opposing players in those positions. Because when I look at the at the Hurricanes and even the All Blacks, now to me Geordie Barrett is is the number twelve. Yeah, yeah, he's playing. He's well, he's big, strong boy, and yeah. he's quick man. He, he showed his turn of foot yeah. uh, yesterday as well. So, yeah, I, right now, right now, I, I can't see him being beaten out of that twelve jumper. You know, he's just he's big and he's strong and he's fast and he's doing he's doing all things well. He kicks he kicks the ball a mile. He's, he's another great option. So. Uh, it, it, it hard to, it's hard to think that he wouldn't be the All Black 12 this year. Yeah, and you mentioned, yeah, as, as kicking, he can, even from long range, you give him a chance. Oh, yeah. Well, he's goal kicking, right? So, he, you know, even from the sideline, he brings the ball back to 30 metres from the try line. He just opens up that angle for himself because he does have that distance. Mm. And um, he can punt a ball well. Um, you know, he, he can rumble hard when it's physical. He can get the offloads going. So. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, he's a, he's a big part of that Canes team. You know, he helps them get some front football, and you know, he's, he's solid on defence. Um, yeah, I, I can't see him not being the All Black Twelve this year. Yeah, look, I'm I'm exactly the same. Um, on the other side of the coin, we look at the Chiefs, and one player who has come back and is and has put to um, bed the um, issue of who is. Uh, you come back from Japan softer is is not true. Is Damien McKenzie? I he, he's uh, 
amazing form. Oh. You know, just his ability, and it's just it blew my mind watching the game. I actually watched it again today, and just blew my mind his ability to catch the ball and take it to the line. You know, he's just taking the ball to the line hard and fast, and and that's what just set the Chiefs up completely. You know, it was their ability to to attack with the ball in hand and attack from, you know, with pace and power. And his yeah. last try, that's just he just took the ball to the line, and you know, speed. There's no substitute for it. Yeah. Doesn't matter how big you are, if you got some gas, you're gonna you're gonna go places. <laughs> In this, in this game. That's right. You can't teach speed. You've got to do you haven't. And we've got him on the line right now. Not Damian McKenzie, McKenzie but we've got Chiefs assistant coach Ross Filippo on the line. Ross, thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, guys. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thank you, Ross. Hey, I've got to ask first off, um, you know, the boys got behind early. Was there any moment of fear or panic in the team or was just, nah, just stick to it? No, there was no no, no panic or anything that, that set in. I think we... We discussed earlier in the week around how a lot of teams have, have struggled coming off the back of a bye, and um, it's going to be difficult for us to find our second win, particularly in the first half. Um, couple that with the fact that the Hurricanes were really up for the game, and we were losing a lot of physical exchanges at, at, at the breakdown area. Um, so we were on the back foot, but there wasn't there wasn't panic. It was really calm at half time, and we just kind of discussed around the solutions and. And just reiterated the messaging that we we talked around during the week around, you know, making sure that we do break our second win, we get back into a groove as a, as a group, and and kind of make it a collective effort. Mate, yeah, there was there was certainly a in that second half there was certainly an attitude shift to just being a little bit more direct and a little bit more physical. Is that what was said at halftime? Yeah, we basically just discussed around there's, there was too much space for them to to work into at, at the breakdown. And um, on both sides of the board, you know, and so they were getting a lot of gains when we had the ball around getting over it, slowing it down, preventing us from getting any any flow in our game. And then, and likewise, um, defensively, they were winning all the races to, to, to kind of shut us out. And they were getting a lot of big momentum plays through their, their big ball carriers. And then um, we weren't able to shut down the offload very well in the first half. Um, and they gained a lot of momentum off that. So uh, we just we just talked about around the need to, to actually um, just raise our effort levels another two percent, and then um, that's that's pretty much what happened in the second half. Mate, it must be good to be able to say to the big boys, uh, the front five at half time, to say, "Pick your game up. We need we need a bit more out of you." <laughs> they, uh, you know, not a lot of teams in the competition are able to just dominate teams like the Hurricanes when when they really decide to turn it on. Yeah, I think the group were relatively frustrated that they hadn't been able to get into a groove. Um, but again, it was it was very calm and very solution focused, and um, everyone agreed that that they were, we were just a, a step behind in everything we were doing, um, which allowed the Hurricanes to gain a lot of momentum. And, and like I said earlier, they've been running um, hot as a team, and we're really really up for that game too. So coming off the back of the bye was difficult, uh, but I think the team actually prepared really well and. Um, you know, it just took it took forty minutes before we could actually start to really kind of deliver on our, our part of the game, and uh, and then start to kind of put them under a bit of pressure, which we were kind of receiving from us in the first forty. I guess it's a it's a simple game when you get the big boys going forward, and then you give it to uh, Damian McKenzie. <laughs> makes things makes life a whole lot easier, eh? Especially with that uh, the pace out wide you got. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, you get the ball, boys, go that way and put it over that line. <laughs> <laughs> Simple instructions. Wow. Love it. Uh, mate, yeah, was, so. I, I was quite impressed by set piece. Um, 
your set piece uh, yesterday as well. Uh, lineouts, uh, lineouts were really good, especially uh, on defence and 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 also scrum time. Um, from where you've come a couple of weeks ago against the Blues, it didn't seem to go that well. Has it been a focus the last few weeks on set piece? Yep, yep. So we 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 talked around the need to be extremely accurate in that area. Um, you know, at this level, obviously set piece is king, and and if you're not nailing that, a lot of your game actually starts to disintegrate. So. Um, we know that the Hurricanes are actually one of the highest performing lineouts um, going into this game um, across both sides of the ball. So we were, you know, we worked really hard throughout the course of the week to make sure that we we were prepared to kind of go into that that battle in that space. And likewise with the scrum, um, we weren't happy with where we were at um, post Blues game. So um, yeah, there was there was a decent amount of effort put in during the week, and I thought the boys actually delivered really well in that in that area. Um. Made a little uh, scene. Uh, Sam came. Sam came. Came off uh, late in the second half with a, maybe a little head issues. Is that anything? Any major concern there? No, I think it was more. He just he just wasn't feeling 100. Um, percent Put his hand up and, and and kind of made his way to the sideline. Um, I, I don't think it'll be a long term thing, but it, it's it's good that these guys are aware that things aren't kind of you know operating at 100 percent, and they need to kind of put their hand up so there's a greater awareness around head knocks and stuff like that now so I think it's it's the game's evolved to a place now where players are, it's certainly come a long you know. way since we'll play mate <laughs> oh mate yeah mate I've still got the pee rattling on my <laughs> <laughs> hey Ross also good to see uh, Peter Gassowakula uh, coming back into play he's doing really well but I've got to ask is, what's that look he's running is it kind of a, a Rastafarian caveman is that what he's got going on I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely um, eclectic. Uh, he's he's got an interesting vibe going on, but I think um, it's, it's unique to him. Uh, um, he stands out like dog balls. Yes. And he's, um, <laughs> but he's, he's he's playing. You know, he's playing really really well at the moment. Mm. Um, he had a huge second half for us, and we got a lot of purchase off his off his carries. I don't know if his look had anything to do with that, but. <laughs> You'd be a very brave man to tell him it's not working for him, but wouldn't you? Oh, mate, um, you do you, both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great advice, Ross, great advice. Hey, also, there was a bit of a talking point towards the end of the game, the yellow card for Bryn Gatlin. Most of us watching, we all see that as accidental. What is the what is the feeling in the camp when that happens? What, how do you guys react to that? Oh, well, you know, we, I, I, the conversation in the box was like, yep, that's... It's frustrating, mm. um, but it is what it is, and we've just got to accept the fact that the, the focus is squarely laid at the feet of the, the tackler, not the ball carrier, um, and we just kind of took it on the chin and go, well, irrespective of how Bryn, you know, how it looked, and everyone knows that it's accidental, it wasn't mm. intentional or malicious, um, that's the rules, and we've got to kind of adhere to it, so it wasn't it was, you know, we felt for Bryn because he'd not long entered the game mm. um, and he'd made a couple of really, really good actions in that short time that he was on the field. So it was kind of, we felt for him in the sense that he had to miss the back end of the game. But, I mean, around the decision-making, that's, that's happening in every game. It, it is what it is, really. I, I like how there's been a bit of a shift. Like last year, that would have been a red card, you know, and, and that's gone. Mm. And I, I yeah. like how there's been a bit of a shift that, the, you know, what the, there are, sometimes there are accidents 
and there's no intent yep. to hurt. There's no intent to deliberately hurt someone. So, you know, let's let's deal with that. Let's um, not take 15 minutes to decide the decision either. Let's um, yeah. put a yellow card up and let someone uh, have a look at it off the field and uh, let the game go on. I, I, I think that's been a really good shift uh, Super Rugby's made this year. Yeah, well, I think I think part of that shift has come down to the fact that NZR are trying that new initiative where the, the referees are working in, in hubs, you know, teams. And I think we're seeing a far better um, consistency around the, the, the decision-making because these guys are working in teams and um, they're working together week on week. So you, they're starting to build a bit of a, a cohesive, you know, um, refereeing unit. And so they're able to review kind of talk about things that they want to work on, things they did well, things they didn't do well, um, and then approach the following week with, with, with a couple of markers that they can kind of work on as opposed to just a different different group of three, you know, operating every week. So I think that's really helping, um, you know, some of those decisions being made and, and then kind of going, well, yeah, it is accidental, but the rules are the rules and, and not upgrading things or being a little bit... Um, you know, taking that hard line that was kind of taken last year, I, I do think there's been some better decisions being made um, around around those contact areas and, and, and common sense is being applied to a lot of those, those, yeah. those penalties. Yeah, it's good. It is very good to see, all right. And Ross, of course, with Steve here, we've been talking number nines. We're blessed with them at the moment. You know, the Hurricanes with Cam Roygaard, you guys with Brad Webber. But then you send on your replacement, Cortez Ratima. I'll be honest, I didn't know much about him. He's got some toe as well. Where did he come from? Oh, he's he's he's, um, he's a nice young man from Otahonga. Um, you know, he plays plays for the the Mulus and NPC, and um, yeah, he's got a big future in front of him. He's he's obviously brings a lot of pop off the bench. Mm. Um, I don't know what, what I'd love to hear Stevie's thoughts on on how he sees the, the nine shaping up post post World Cup and post Aaron Smith. Um, it'd, it'd be cool, but there. There's a few of them crawling out of the woodwork now and they're actually playing some really, really good footy. Cam Roygaard's at the top of his game right now. Mm. Um, you know, he's, a, he's he's really kind of, he's really benefiting from a full super rugby season in, in big minutes. Um, and he's only going to get better and better. But I think Chizzy's extremely talented. Um, Webby's going back, you know, he's starting to play some of his best footy again. Um, you've got lots of Xavier Rose injured and then there's another, you know, handful of other guys around the country that are real contenders in that space. So I think those stocks look really, really solid for the next few years. Yeah, I think even when you add someone like TJ Perinara back in the mix when he's when he's back from injury, well, we certainly we could run a team of nines out. I reckon <laughs> we could put fifteen of them out there. Imagine the chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the league nine. Yeah, mate, uh, we're certainly blessed. And yeah, I mean, I was just uh, you know, watching the game again this morning. I, I've just, I was blown away by when when the Hurricanes, when it came to push and shove, with sort of ten minutes to go. You know, they were in your twenty-two, and they they really tried to out physical you, and um, they they didn't even really go close. You 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 pack, and everyone defended so well, and you know, you just you you didn't get. Didn't even give him a shot in that second half, and you know I think that was the best forty minutes I've seen from the Chiefs team uh, this year. Yeah, cheers. I think I think the team actually really the the, the halftime uh, conversation amongst the players I think really consolidated um, what they what needed to be done, and then they went out and executed. Whereas um, you know you kind of felt for the Hurricanes a little bit in the sense that. They put us under an enormous amount of pressure, and then they weren't able to kind of get any purchase from from that pressure that they've been applied. 
Um, there was a number of times where we were kind of on the ropes, and you can see how talented this team is, uh, that team is, because uh, we were stretched numerous times within the first half, and then again, like a lot of our, we, we piggybacked off a lot of their errors five metres from our line. So, yeah, it was big defensive um, push and shift from the guys, but we're under no illusions that um, they were able to get into our 22 a handful of times. They just couldn't execute and, and you know, play them in a few weeks' time. Um, they might be at back at their clinical best and, you know, should be all on. Yeah, bloody good game. <laughs> it should be. Hey, Ross, from a fan perspective, i got to ask as well, we love afternoon football. Do, does the game plan change with you guys or does it stay exactly the same from daytime to nighttime? No, no, we're prepared to play. Hopefully, you know, you, you look at the long term weather forecast. I think night or day doesn't really matter because um, it's, it's just whether it's wet or mm. whether it's dry. It kind of starts to windy, you know, and stuff like that. So um, it was nice. I think the boys really enjoyed getting the sun on their backs yesterday. Bloody good turnout uh, in the crowd, for, for you know, considering it was a, a late time change. Mm. Um yeah, they ended up being a good turnout. I imagine there would have probably been a bigger crowd had, had you know, that time being set in stone from an from an earlier um, from an earlier point. But um, yeah, we thought the crowd was awesome. Um, the whole the whole day was really really cool. Yeah, no, it was a good day all around. Hey, uh, Ross, thank you so much for speaking with us this afternoon. We know you've got a plane to catch, and uh, all the best for the uh, remaining games for the boys, except against the Blues. Thank you. Hey, awesome, guys. Thanks very much for the time. Yeah. Cheers, mate. There you go, Ross Filippo. I, Steve, I, I love that quote he said there, boys go that way and put it over the line. Yeah, keep it simple, eh? Keep, how simple is that? It's, uh, I spoke to, uh, we spoke to Nick White, I think, uh, two weeks ago after the Blues match, and um, yeah, he said something pretty similar. Yeah. You know, it's a simple game. You just need to keep it simple, and, and it doesn't get any. <laughs> get the ball and put it over that white line. It's simple. It's absolutely brilliant. Hey, we've got to take a break. If you've got any questions you want to ask Steve or discuss, uh, please text us in double eight double three, or you can, of course, give us a call 0800 150811. 12.30 here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run, along with Steve Devine. Uh, if you've got any questions you want to ask uh, Steve, please double eight double three, or if you want to give us a call, 0800 150811, 0800 150811. Around about one o'clock, we're going to be talking to Tony Johnson as well about the minor Pacifica game. Steve, I believe he was, he was at yes, that one. Yes, he was at that, and it was in over in uh, Samoa, which would have been a pretty oh. good work junket, eh? <laughs> yeah, man, they're the, they're, they're the good ones. You don't say no to those no. ones. So, yeah, we'll be talking to TJ. If you've got any questions for TJ, please text us in as well, double eight, uh, double three. But right now we have got a caller on the line. It is uh, Graham from Christchurch. Graham, good afternoon to you, mate. Oh, g'day, Dino. How are you? And yeah. How are you, Steve? I'm well, thank you. How are you feeling, mate? I'm a bit concerned about you. The Crusaders haven't played this weekend. <laughs> I know. I'm just bringing up to have an argue, another argument with you. Um, but I think Ricardo was the... Uh, no, it was Stephen McIver was the moderator last time, yes, wasn't yes, he? Yes, yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll moderate no, this time. Bad. I'll moderate this time, Graham. What's your, what's your cause this oh, week? Oh, no, I just... Uh, oh, Ross Filippo, he, did, he, did, he played for the Crusaders for four years. Oh, I think that's... where he got all his knowledge. That's where he got his IT <laughs> from. Don't worry about that. He, He's mate, a good he, man, too. He spoke He's very well. He's done very well with the Chiefs, actually. Yeah, um, he did well with Waikato. So, um, yeah, no, he's a top man. So, um, even though, I'd, you know, obviously I'm a Crusaders man, I um, put a lot of time for him. Yeah, no, he's um, formed a good combo with, with uh, Clayton McMillan and the other 
guys there with the Chiefs. But, yeah, no, well done to them. I thought last week that the Hurricanes would... Um, <laughs> well, I said to Gordon Simpson, I think was on with Ricardo last week, mm. I thought the Hurricanes might, you know, with the Chiefs having a bye, but... Um, no, they they pulled away in the second half, but um, it'll be a big game in a couple of weeks. Obviously, with we play up there, so I hope, you know we've got Sam Whitelock and Cullen Grace and and David well, David Avelli's back already. But yeah, they'll be back. So um, yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a huge mm. game too. Mate, I'm hearing yeah. I'm hearing out of the Crusaders camp that um, Will Jordan is back to full Ooh. training. Yes. And yes, possibly, possibly could have a have a game this week, or possibly start from a bench for the Crusaders uh, next weekend. I, I would say that's yeah imminent. Yeah, I'd say they'll. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Yeah, I know what I've seen, and um, yeah, no, he looks like he's ready to play. Like before the um, buy, so um, yeah, I would say he's he will. You know, gets yeah. They left they left to give him a run in the Rebels game in Melbourne. Um, they're going to play him against the Chiefs, and I think that will be the intent. Yeah, I got no doubt about that. Steve, you got very good sources, I must say. <laughs> yeah, I've got. I, I keep my ear to the ground Ooh. down those ways, mate. I've got to, you know, play pretty pretty cagey. Got to be underneath, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you've always, we'll have to we'll have to check our security up actually. Steve <laughs> the vines get. Yeah, no, no, that it's not. That's not that. Yeah, no, he's been training for a few weeks now because he wasn't doing contact for a long time. But yeah, no, that'll be interesting. And you know, um, who have the Blues got next week? Just out of interest, uh, we've got the Waratahs in Auckland, um, and they didn't play oh, yeah. too bad last night. I think they're like they're going through a big. Uh, turning, big learning curve this year with a new coach and whatnot. They actually, like last night, they actually tried to play some rugby, um, which they haven't done uh, for yeah. the last five mm. years. So oh, they're they're not a bad team. <laughs> well, they go- I hate to say it, but they they gave they gave us. It was the last game we lost last year. Actually, they gave the Crusaders a bit of. We had a few players. I think Richie Mawanga may not have been playing, which is never good generally. But um, yeah, and um, yeah, they did beat us last year, but they. I thought they they have been a bit disappointing the Waratahs, but they've had a few injuries. I know um, some good players have been well. Everybody's had injuries. Um, that's just it's, I've never seen known a you know a season like it really. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, no, they 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 they'd be dangerous. But yeah, I think the Blues that they'll be wanting to win that. Cause, yeah, um, the Blues um, the Blues definitely need to make a statement uh, next weekend, and and the Waratahs need to they need to get pummeled by fifty. I think they they, they need to yes. get their game back yes. in. They need they need to get on the front foot. They need to start uh, playing like a team that can win this competition because they I don't think they quite have that confidence just yet. No, they um, they are not playing as well as last year. I mean, they went fifteen on the bounce, you know, before. The Crusaders beat them in the final, but you know, and that was. Like, I don't, I don't remember that happening. No, oh, I can't remember. Yeah, it either. no, it's a lot. 2022. It's a, it's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah no, um, but no, yeah, they. I mean, no, but seriously, they were playing, you know, and they put 15 wins. Like the Chiefs have got now to eight, haven't they? Or seven, seven, isn't it? Yeah, so seven in a row. You know, yeah. it, it's pretty um, impressive. Um, but yeah, no, they, they they're not playing as well as last year. Well, it's but. It's tight as a drum, you know. I think that um, I think injuries and who's available come going into the next three or four weeks are going to be vital. So, 
No, I'm looking forward to it. But no, it was a good win by the Chiefs yesterday. Well done to them in Wellington. Yeah, Mate, against a pretty hand, handy Graham, hurricane team. Yep. Graham, let me ask you that that second half performance by the Chiefs, the Ford Pack just they they were just became dominant and and just rumbled at will. I thought and defended you know so well. Do you? Do you see a Ford pack like that? Um, you know, that's the Crusaders' uh, bread and butter, you know, a dominant Ford mm. pack. Do you, um, it's going to be, you know, the Chiefs got the better of them in round one, and that was a long time ago. Um, obviously, they're playing again in a couple of weeks. Um, with the current stocks of the Crusaders right now, I know there's a lot of injuries down there. Do you, do you think um, they're going to be able to get on top of that pack? Oh, yeah, well, I, you know, I'm not just saying there's been one. <laughs> they, I, I would back them because Sam Whitelock will definitely be back. And, you know, he always makes a huge difference. And Scott Barrett, well, he had a week off at last before the bye. So, um, and then there's Cullen Grace and Ethan Blackadder probably, unfortunately, be won't be back. He's coming back, but not, I don't think mm. that quickly, but he would be great against the Chiefs. But, yeah, no, but there are, and there are others too. So, yeah, the Crusaders will... You know, and guys like Dominic Gardner have really stood up. Man, I rate him. I, I, I remember watching him at the end of last year on that um, New Zealand A Tour. He played uh, well, didn't he? I, I, I can't believe he got picked. I thought surely there's some people that have played Super Rugby that should be picked above him. Tom Robinson was one that came to mind. Yes. And, well, yeah. and wow, I just watched him play those games and uh, he was just a big dominant number six running the ball around at will over there against big men. You know, I, I was I was very impressed and... I hope he gets a go at six because I, I don't think Loxie's position. I, I hope he gets. I uh, hope he gets a bit of game time at six. Yeah, because he played for Canterbury a lot at six too last year. Ah, Lock last year, and he he is primarily a number six. You're right. Yeah, but um, you know he put he does a pretty good job at Lock, but that. And, you know, it's sort of funny. His dad was a number... Angus was a... You probably... Oh, he was yeah. Angus Gardner, yeah, of course. Yeah, he played... He was a real number seven, but he was a specialist, you know, whereas Dominic's a bit bigger and um, very good player, Angus Gardner. But, yeah, but he he wasn't, you know, he's a bit bigger than him. And, yeah, he's, he is, he's, he's got a fair physical presence, yeah, but I think he's pushed his way into the, the 23 because he wasn't in the team uh, you know in the 23 when we played the Chiefs all those early rounds even even when we played the Blues at Eden Park so yeah he's put here I think you know he's a, a must pick in their match day 23 now but uh, anyway I'll let you guys get on with it yeah awesome Graham hey Graham on a more facetious note how does it feel when media types especially Steve start saying the form teams are the Chiefs and the Hurricanes and not the Crusaders <laughs> Well, I can I can handle the Chiefs because they are <laughs> they're unbeaten, but the Hurricanes, yeah, no, I, I gave them a chance, but I don't think, yeah, no, no. Well, that, a lot of people said that before the game, but uh, yeah, when you're not playing, you're always sort of, you're sort of out of the reckoning. But the Crusaders always like to, though we never really fly under the radar because everyone wants to beat us. So that. but yeah, no, no, fair enough. We'll see what happens next, you know, next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, mate. I certainly think those top five teams on their day, anyone's going to be able to roll anyone this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the Brumbies will, you know, they rested a few. They played here about three weeks ago, but they're they're dangerous. So we know that they're a good side. It's a bit like their old, their old, the old Brumbies are old. Uh, well, maybe not as good as them, but yeah, certainly they're a good side. But you know, that top five, yeah, it's going to be a outside of the Chiefs. It's going to be pretty cutthroat, which will make it good. Yeah, great viewing. Sure will. Hey, Graham, as always, mate, thank you so much for your call, pal. 
No, good, man. It was a pretty peaceful conversation, wasn't it, Dino? That was all right. That's, that, I thought that was pretty pretty well handled. Very mature. Oh. Very gentlemanly of you both. I'll, I'll save some <laughs> up for right. next week. <laughs> yeah, I know. You'll come in with a, some dirty call next week. You bet. About, no, no. I'm working on it already. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know that, yeah. Okay, okay. Graham, thanks, mate. Right. Have a good one. Cheers, mate. Go the yeah, Rebels. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, mate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thought you'd say that. Go the Cards. Okay, <laughs> mate. See you, bye. Oh, that's hilarious. There you go. Hey, no, we always appreciate Graham and his cause. He's, he's always good value. He can he gives it and he can take it as yeah, well, so no. well done. Well he, done. Certainly, uh, he certainly only had the one eye patch on today. Uh. <laughs> hey, look, it's uh, almost uh, 20 to uh, 1 here. At 1 o'clock, we're going to be talking to Tony Johnson about the Mariner Pacifica junket he was on. Um, if you've got any questions about that game or anything to do with the Super Rugby or rugby in general, please text us in double eight double three. But we will be back after this break. Twelve forty three here on SENZ on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run Power Your Business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Dean Butler here with you today, and Steve Devine. You can give us a question if you want. Double eight. Double three, or give Steve a call, uh, 0800 We will be talking with Tony Johnson around about one o'clock. And Steve, in that last conversation with Graham, we mentioned uh, the the Brumbies, and of course they took on the Drua this weekend. And, and to me, I, that, was, that was a cracking game. Oh, So uh, the Drua are my new favourite team to watch. <laughs> um, I, I watched them play last week uh, against the Rebels mm. in... Um, Suva and oh. outstanding. Like they just, they just fun, right? Yeah, fun. And and the same thing. Like they, 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 they're obviously um, not as um, schooled in rugby, but <laughs> when they get their game going, it's just, it's amazing to watch. And and for the first thirty minutes of the match, they really struggled to get their game going. Yep. The the Brumbies were just, you know, pretty almost boring them out of the match. Yep. And then and then. Then it flicked, and they were on. And two two quick tries before half time, and they're back in. It. And oh, what they they went so close to winning that, that match, was you know, so close in the end. It was forty three twenty eight. The Brumbies got a late, yeah, a couple of late tries, but the Drewer in that game, Steve, is, to me, everyone looks like they were either a winger or had the speed of a oh, winger. Yes. It's unbelievable. Well, forwards and backs, yeah. And they just they just play their style, and when they get it right, and that's why I think they're going to be very hard to beat at home because yes, you know, they grow an arm and a leg at home. But when they get it right, it's just it's just it's great to watch. Like it really is entertaining rugby, and and that's the sort of rugby I, I enjoy watching. So, I've, I've I've booked them in for the rest of the season. I'll be sitting yeah. down and watching their games for sure. Because then they they hit hard, oh. they run hard, they, you know, they it's just always with a smile. Oh, it's just it's just it's just how rugby should be played, right? And yeah. it's just pure. Yeah, it's like watching schoolboy rugby. It's just yeah. pure. They're entertaining, and they haven't like it's just it's phenomenal to watch. Yeah, I, I'm the same. And you, I know some Fiji. You've met Fijians. They're rugby mad. Let's oh. be honest. Yeah. Rugby is a religion over there yeah. uh, in the islands, and they, you sevens, fifteens, whatever it is, they will turn up en masse, shout, jump up and down, whatever the result. Yeah, and it's just, uh, I like I know the Blues are over there in a few weeks, and uh, oh. it's she's going to be a tough oh. afternoon for oh. the boys. I just Jeez. know, I just know when they're at home, they, you know, they just grow an arm and a leg, oh. and you know, it's 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 great for the game, and and well done on Fiji rugby. You know, they're, yes. they're, these young these young kids now they've got a pathway into Super Rugby, yep. and they they can do it from from being at home. Yeah. And uh, you know they're developing their their own you know talent, and it's it's great to watch. There's some oh. there's some talented boys running around, and I just uh, I, I can't wait to see where it goes. Like they're going to be give them another couple of years, and they'll be they'll be up there. They certainly will. And it's we, we like we mentioned that we all think the Brumbies they're the Aussie team we all need to to watch, but the styles are different. The Brumbies play as you said, Steve, more that Northern European. 
Rugby. Boring. <laughs> yeah, we can say that. They, they, it's just boring. They, they play, you know, a very structured game. They're very good at what they do and they don't allow it to happen any other way, mm. you know, and it's it's clinically it's boring and it's 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 not for me but you know good on good on the uh, juror for for you know staying staying Look, true to themselves and, and playing what they believe and, and they almost got over the top it eh? was it was a great battle of styles but to me the bigger question is we've got all these new rules in super rugby which we're loving as fans and players because it's exciting and entertaining but those rules won't apply in the upcoming world cup whereas the brumbies are setting themselves up eddie jones is looking at that going perfect yeah, I still, I still think, I still think there's there's room in that northern hemisphere style that when they're playing against you. There's still room uh, to attack, mm. uh, and that that is mostly um, on the outsides. They they're very compressed. The northern hemisphere style is very depressed, mm. uh, com- compressed on defence, and and there are opportunities to to Not go quite. wide quickly, yeah. and uh, that's that's where we need to get to. But to do that, you've got to get on the front foot and. I, when we play the Northern Hemisphere teams, that's where we struggle. Even when our super teams play the Brumbies, that's where we struggle a little bit just to get on the front foot. They're, they're very good at set piece, very dominant with their rolling moors, um, but we just gotta we just gotta get on the front foot. And I, I think I think we're getting better at playing that Northern Hemisphere style. Yep, so do I. Hey, keep your texts coming in. Double eight, double three. We'll take another break. We've got a couple to get to after this break. Seven minutes to one here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here today, filling in for uh, Ricardo. And Steve Devine is here up until two o'clock for the uh, Bunnings Trade uh, Rugby Pass. Also, uh, we now time, Steve, for the Kubota Reliable Player of the Week. Thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Who's, who have you got for your Kubota Reliable Player of the Week? Um, this week I have. And the thing that impresses me most about this kid at the moment is that he can play rugby on the back foot or he can play on the on the front foot so it's Damien McKenzie oh. I just thought he was outstanding last night the first half things didn't go the Chiefs way right they, no. they were going backwards a little bit and he still was probably the pick of the team Yeah. and then the second half the forwards lifted their game lifted the tempo got on the front foot and, and then he wasn't out of place either you know so um, sometimes 10s Nines, tens have that real struggle depending on whether the forward pack goes forward or not. I just think for the first time in a long time in this country, um, Damien Kenzie is in such good form it doesn't really even matter for him if he's going forwards or backwards. Wow, and I tell you what, that's a great choice because – but it's another, it's another conundrum at 10, though, isn't it? Because his form is so compelling at well, the moment. Yeah, I, I know Richie, he struggles a little bit when he's going backwards. Mm. And we look, I look back over the last few years when we've played the Africans, you know, we haven't had that dominance up yeah. front. And he, he has struggled. And, and, and maybe, maybe for the first time after the weekend, I think maybe. Yeah. Maybe McKenzie is is in the ten jumper for the All Blacks this year. Oh, that's fair, and it, it, it is a bit of a resurrection too, isn't it? Really, because I think most of us, I know, I did. <clears throat> Since players say they're going to Japan, oh well. <clears throat> you've done well. You've had a good run. Good on you. Yeah, well, he went over for a year, and, and like all the players who have gone over for a year, they've come back and they've been a little bit underdone. Yeah. They haven't been to their right level of fitness, and, and you know, he's come back, he's worked on his game, and I, I think last night's performance was as good as from fr- from any 10 in the competition this year, and uh, like I said, he did it going backwards in the first half, and, and then he got on the front foot and really showed what he could do, so uh, that impresses me, that ability to be able to do that and still take the ball to the line as hard as he does for a little man, it's, um, it's you know, it's it's... It's good. It's what we need. It is what we need. Look, for my Kubota Reliable Player of the Week, I'm not too far away from him. He was on a losing side, but it was Geordie Barrett. Yeah. You know, everything he did, he was, he was good, going, going attack, defence, you name it. Reliable to a T. And he himself, he has played into that. He has played himself into that number 12 jersey. Yeah. 
yeah, like we've spoken about, it's going to mm. be pretty hard not to see him in a 12 jumper this year. Yeah. Right now, right now he's the best in the country, for sure. Without a doubt. Uh, keep your texts coming in, double eight, double three. We'll give, we've got a few here. We'll get to you, Ken, but I have to be after one o'clock. Because at one o'clock, we are having our chit-chat with uh, Tony Johnson, who was at that uh, Moana Pacific again. Yep, over over in um, Samoa. So uh, by all accounts, it was a pretty awesome week. The, um, the Mo- Moana team got over there, went to a heap of schools and whatnot. So Yeah, yeah no, they would have been giving back big time. Uh, Kubota for over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building New Zealand together. One o'clock here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here along with Steve Devine on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Power your business with Bunnings Trade uh, Power Pass. If you've got any questions you want to ask, please text them in now, double eight double three. because on the line we have uh, the man who called the game, <clears throat> Moana Pacifica versus the Reds the other day. It is Tony Johnson. Tony, good afternoon to you. Dino, how's it, mate? Yeah, very good, Tony. I've got to ask you, mate, what was it like being over there for this historic occasion in Samoa? It was a brilliant experience. Uh, I've been up there four, five, six times probably um, in the last 25 years, and it was just it was just awesome to be back. I hadn't been there since the uh, the Reds-Blues game, and that, that was a... a um, a big disappointment, really. They, a few people made a, some very bad decisions mm. about ticket prices, et cetera, et cetera. This time, I think they, they, they got it right. Um, I know from the TV pictures, you would have seen those stands on the far side of the field. There weren't many people there. There never is because mm. um, because of their, the way they sort of look into the afternoon sun. But they actually got a, a really good crowd there. But, you know, more important than anything else, it was just a great sense of occasion uh, that, that people were just lapping up having the teams there, particular Moana Pacifica, because they were, you know, they got around all week and went to schools and functions and parades and stuff, really connected. And, and you know, in, in the end, even though the team lost, everyone seemed to go away with these huge <laughs> smiles on their faces. And so many of them wearing, uh, you know, the merch that they bought. So, look, it was just an absolute joy to be there. Yeah, TJ, um, Steve Devine, mate. Uh, unlike you and KT, not to be on a junket, you got the you got the call up for the for the big trip. At <laughs> least you know one thing you can guarantee that if I'm on the trip, unlike Mills and KT, I'm not going to get my shirt off in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say those, those two guys can't wait for the opportunity, but. Um, yeah, and, and it was it was great going out there because obviously Mills with his um, you know he, he, he's a Samoan New Zealander mm. uh, a lot of and, and he took his family up there and his youngest boys you know were seeing Samoa for the first time and wow. I, I tell you what the, the planes were full I mean we came back um, on a, a 787 yesterday so it's a dream it's a big plane mm. and. Uh, <laughs> I was in row 857. There were no upgrades, that's for sure. <laughs> Mate, is it, do you think do you think it's it's time maybe the Moana team is based over there? I, th- I think they've got. Uh, I look, they're realistic about it. Uh, I know that the plan is next year for another game in Apia, and they're hoping, really hoping to have one in Tonga. Um, oh. there, there are a lot of logistics that have to be uh, dealt with before you can do that. I mean, Super Rugby, it's. It's, it's demanding um, in, in that regard. Uh, there has to be, uh, you know, the facilities. Uh, there has to be the infrastructure to be able to, to put out a, uh, you know, an acceptable standard of uh, television coverage, all those sorts of things. And they all cost money. And those are the things that they have to, 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 to work their way around. 
whether or not uh, it's realistic to, to be able to have the team based there, I'm not so sure. Even the Fiji and Drua, who are, are getting you know great pay out of having those games at La Toka and, and Suva, I think that you know they're likely to be more based at least half the time in Australia. Um, there, there are a, that would be the ideal scenario, mm. Steve. But to make it happen, I think there's a lot of things that will have to be ticked off, and and, and none of them will, will happen for free. So, but that that's the long term goal, and and I, I think you saw that connection. I think that they haven't. For some reason, you know, you've seen the crowds at Mount Smart. They, they haven't been great. And I just, you think that maybe there's the, the connection. If you can make that connection with the island, um, um, you know, themselves and actually get the games up there, then that, that has to be the future. Yeah, it, just, it, it's going to... Yeah, sorry, right. Matt. I just, I just feel that, like, the Drew have got such good, um, you know, they're picking local boys to play in that team and, you know, they're getting such great mileage out of it. And, you know, probably the highlight for me of, of the Moana team over the last two years is the fact that they had a local boy playing uh, on the weekend and, and, you know, what a performance. So yes. it, it, it sort of shows that the system they're trying to get to get these local talented exposure to Super Rugby, um, it sort of is working. And, this, you know, there's stocks there that, that it can happen. It doesn't always have to be a New Zealand kid out of NPC or something like that. When you when you can get some of these you know local club boys out of uh, Samoa playing and you know pretty outstanding game at, at that regard as well. Yeah, that has to be the the, mm. the long term term ambition. I don't think that uh, Moana Pacifica can can continue to operate as a as a team that's built of guys who don't get. Um, contracts with you know the New Zealand franchises that that's just not um, you know just, they're not going to be able to be competitive. I mean my hope always was two things that that they would um, be appealing enough that they could attract players back from overseas and it's been really great um, to have Sakopi Kepu and Christian Lealiifano in in the mix. Although a bit of a mystery as to why Christian Lealiifano didn't play in that game because he was fit to play apparently, um, which is um, which is a bit of a, a, a side issue, but. I, you know, we were having a, a couple of quieties afterwards, and, and back at the um, the um, Tusitala, the, the hotel we were staying at, and Alisana Tuilangi was there, um, and he, he still looks fit enough to play. You know, you imagine <laughs> if someone, you know, a couple of blokes from Europe came back uh, and could and and played for them, what a boost that would be. But at the other end, yeah, you've got Miracle Fa'ilangi. Um, mm. What a story, uh, you know, Kedu. Um, Picked out of club rugby uh, in in Samoa, you know he's growing up in Samoa. Dedicated um, his, or he's dedicated his career to his dad, who passed away three years ago. There was a massive crowd from his village up on the bank with the banner and that, and you know, he, he goes and scores two tries, and, and not just that, had a really great game. And and uh, the Putu Levasa is another one, you know, the, and and just you know you're proving to the the, the young players there that there is a a, a, a potential pathway mm. that in, doesn't involve you uprooting yourself and going and living in another country surrounded by unfamiliar people at a very early stage of your life. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, uh, TJ. And I love watching them play. I love watching the crowds. They're always smiling. And another player who were, it was a big moment for as well was, of course, Sir Michael Jones's son, Nico. How was that moment? What was the feeling around that in Apia? Well, the feeling around it, I know as far as the team uh, is concerned, I think they're very um, keen to try and promote Nico as a player in his own right. Obviously, um, Sir Michael Jones uh, you know, is one of the most revered figures mm. 
you know, not just in Samoan rugby, but in the game. Um, and, and it was great that, you know, he and, and, and BG Williams were both up there. Uh, well, they wouldn't have missed it, would they? Um, but but I think that they're trying to sort of allow Nico to be a player, you know, in his own right and not just the son of. And I think we've all seen it over the years. I can think of a mate of mine uh, who was the son of a very famous cricketer and, and how that was almost a, a burden to him and, and, and almost stopped him realising his potential in the game. And mm. so... Uh, you know that that to me that that struck me as just being a very interesting um, you know pathway or, or, or approach that they're taking to Nico. It was great to see him back playing. Mm. Uh, he, he's been out injured since the preseason. I tell you, he, he's a solid unit. He really is. Um, and and I don't think anyone should have expectations of him being mm. a, a replica of his father because there'll only ever be one Michael yes. Jones. But but Nico, you know, clearly is a, is a player. If he you know can stay fit and healthy, he's got a big 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 future. Yeah, we just need to give him some time. He's still a kid. Uh, he he had an amazing yeah. year just a few years ago playing um, schoolboy rugby. You know, and he was such a leader and did did amazing things. And we just we just need to let him. You know catch up to these mm. bigger boys he's still a kid and uh, he's playing a pretty tough position uh, number seven is not, it's not easy uh, when you're still a kid so we just we need to give him a time he, he'll get there like mm. he's, he's a very talented boy and a great leader um, we just need to make sure we give him the time and don't expect too much from him too early yeah abs- absolutely and oh, I think they're taking a very sensible measured approach with him but you know Obviously, he's one of those guys. He's got a great head on his shoulders, and you wouldn't expect anything less. He's, he, you know, there's all of that sort of dignity and, you know, all of those qualities about him um, that, that Michael had. And I remember, I'm old enough to remember Michael when he was that age. That's how old I am. And and Michael was exactly the same. Very humble, very modest, mm. well spoken. Uh, he's got all of those attributes. As I say, let, let's not burden him with that ultimate expectation, though. And I think that's what you know they're, they're being very careful about that. Um, TJ, what about the Reds? They um, they seem to be struggling to find a little bit of for, uh, a bit of a uh, bit of form, and and obviously Brad Thorne. Um, there's a few questions being asked around his involvement next year. Have, have did you catch up with um, Brad Boy over there? I, I certainly did. Yeah, I had a good chat with him um, uh, before the game. I actually interviewed him, but we, you know, we also had a bit of a yarn because uh, he's got my, my, my mate Kane Hames. Uh, you know, sort of done oh, yeah. quite a lot of work with over the last two or three years. He, he's on the he's on the staff. Unfortunately, um, Kane couldn't make it um, just for a, a health issue, um, which was a bit of a shame. I was looking forward to catching up with him. But look, if, if Brad's coming under pressure, uh, he, he showed no sign of it. You, you know what he's like, Steve. He, he's just, he, he is so consistent. And, you know, he doesn't get ever get too animated and he doesn't ever get too down or anything. He's just, it was, he was just, you know, look, I've got a job to do. I'm, I'm not, he's not worrying about or outwardly worrying about any of that. But the fact is, um, that his position is definitely in jeopardy. Uh, there's no question. They've got a board meeting on Tuesday. Whether or not this was enough to keep the wolf from the door, uh, I really don't know. Um, I, I think if they were going to fire him, um, you know, would, would a win over Moana Pacifica change anything? Um, I, I'm not sure. Um, you, you know how much you know. The guy's just held in such great regard on this side of the Tasman, but over there, he's, he's got to prove himself as a coach. He's got a job to do. And Queensland have been disappointing uh, so far this year. They uh, they're inside the top eight, um, but but you know it's it's a, a a union with such an incredible uh, um, legacy in the game. They've mm. always been 
at the forefront of the game. They were the great, you know, innovative uh, um, state team during the 1980s and 90s. And, and so people expect a lot. And at the moment, they're not getting what they expect. And when you look at the talent that he's got, even accounting for the fairly high injury toll and some uh, players being suspended, they, they probably should be at, done better than what they have done. So it'll be a great relief for them to, to, that, that, to win that battle. But I, I think it's in terms of Brad Thorne's future, he's certainly probably not enough to win the war. Mate, it's, it seems crazy because not that long ago, like two, three years ago, the Reds were almost a laughing stock of Super Rugby and, you know, were going seasons on end without winning a game. And um, I just, yeah, I, I, I feel for him. I feel like he's taken a, a, the club from, from, you know, the mm. rock bottom to, to near on the top. They, you know, they won the Aussie, Aussie title a couple of years ago and you just do a few bad injuries. The, the thing with the Aussie teams is once they get a few injuries, they just don't have the depth and, um, his A team on paper is not a bad team and, mm. and will compete with most of them. But you, you chuck a few injuries in there and then all of a sudden they, they get pretty lean, you know, when they're starting to draw and players that no one's really heard of out of club rugby. They just, they just, they get lean with injuries and I, it's, it's hard for them. Yeah. And, and the other thing too is like, you got to remember that he's lost probably his best two players. Mm. And, and when you're, you know, you don't have the depth of the New Zealand teams, the, the knock-on effect of that is quite profound. So you go into the season without Taniela Tupo, who, you know, has matured into one of the best tight head props in the world. And he, he still does all those things. He can do all those things he did when he was a famous kid, but he's now a seasoned international and, and probably a leader in the team. So you lose him. Hunter Paisami, who has just been an absolute rocket in the middle of the midfield, so, you know, you lose him as well and, and you create sort of gaps. James O'Connor has been typical James O'Connor all <laughs> over the place. Wait one week, hope for the next. And God knows what else going on in the background. Um, you know, he, he seemed pretty happy after the game. He'd been out of favour, I, I, you know, that they hadn't been picking him. And it was only an injury um, to Isaac that, that, um, that put him out, Isaac Henry, that put him out, uh, put him into the team. And he played pretty well too. But, you know, he's been wildly inconsistent. Pattaya's been brilliant, but he can't do it all on his own. And then you get guys like Angus Blythe getting red carded for doing something so dumb last week. I mean, they, they, they talk about coach killers. So, <laughs> you know, you're on the back foot from the word go, losing two great players or outstanding players like that. And then a few other things happen, and it makes life really difficult. But it's just amazing how unsympathetic people get um, when they expect success or, you know, I know one of the... Um, sort of prominent Australian writers seems to really have it in for Brad at the moment. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I feel sorry for the guy too because, you know, the, the situation that they're in, you can't put it all down to, um, to, to you know, the coaching. It, it, you know, player responsibility, um, just sheer ill luck have, have also been a factor. Yeah, I know. I know things get pretty uh, cutthroat in Aussie when uh, the the journalists they they really do have a, a quite a large uh, say on the game over there. When you, you think Brad's under under pressure, he's in sixth place as, as it stands at the moment, and you have got the Waratahs below them, and everyone's raving, craving about the Waratahs and how amazing they're doing. You know, it's 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 a different beast in Australia. Is rugby? Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, uh, I suppose you know that they had great eras of success you, you know think about how good they were like in the in the 80s uh, they were really great again around the turn of the century they really, so you know they expect um 
And I, I suppose there's also this feeling, well, we can beat New Zealand in lots of other sports. Why can't we beat them in rugby? And that always adds to it too. So, yeah, I bet Brad would have known what he was taking on when he got into the job. You know, he's been philosophical about, about all that. I just, I, I hope they don't do anything rash. I hope they give him a chance to, to see the season out and, and um, you know, they'll, they'll make the playoffs. I'm sure they'll make the playoffs. And, and then just see what they can do there. And then sit down at the end of the season, at the end of the program, have a proper review, and then decide what they're going to do, rather than make some knee-jerk thing two-thirds of the way through the season. Hey, uh, Tony, we've just had a, um, a text come in from Ken, and it's a good one because it's a player who's making a lot of noise for Moana Pacifica. And he says, for Tony, let's hope Levi Amua goes with Samoa for the World Cup. Your thoughts? Yeah, he's in a bit of a bind because he's eligible for three countries and obviously um, uh, New Zealand being one of them. Mm. But but I think he's also uh, he's able to play for Fiji as well. But he, he went away on the end of year two with um, the New Zealand 15 last year, which was a sure sign that they wanted to put him, you know, at, at least in the frame. And there's always sort of been this little tendency to sort of say to guys, look, um, if you stick around, you'll be in the frame for the All Blacks. Not you will be in the All Blacks. And mm-hmm. that sometimes has, has swayed players and it's, it's stopped them playing more test matches than they might have had they, had, had they gone. Yeah, I, I'd love to see it too. I, I, look, I, I think he, 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 he's a terrific player. And the great thing about Levi Almoor uh, is that he has, he's just developed his game. When he first came on the scene, he was just this big, hulking beast of a centre who could smash his way through tackles. But now, you know, he's, he has certainly, uh, although he's still massive, <laughs> it must be a terrifying sight to have coming at you. Um, but he's, he's certainly um, a, a bit leaner than he was. You, you can tell his conditioning so much better. But his, his all-round game, his, uh, his, his ability to link up with players, and, and that, um, on, especially on the left-hand side of the attack, that understanding that he now has with... Uh, Oh, Jimmy, Tavatavanawai, uh, mm. it, it is phenomenal. It's one of the best sort of, uh, what you, you know, 13, 11 punches in, in the game at the moment in, in Super Rugby. So, you know, he, he is, um, he's matured, as a, he's developed as a player. And, and, and you know, I, I, I tend to agree. I, I think it, was su- it would be such a boost um, for a team like Samoa to have him. Um, Fiji need not so pressing. The no. young fellow Massey that's playing for centre, a uh, centre for for the Fijian Drew at the moment. He's as good a thirteen as there is in the whole competition. Yeah, I like the, I like the Fijian seven too. Sawal, mm. he uh, mate, he's as good as any seven in the competition as well. He he he's a he's a beast on defence and and runs the ball. Um, TJ, yeah. I caught it. I caught up with um, um, Aaron Major uh, a few weeks ago, and I was having a bit of yarn and. Just what you were talking about before, he, he told me like their, their biggest, the, the thing they find hardest is uh, the level of fitness trying to get their boys who some of them don't play uh, NPC at the end of the season and then all of a sudden they're, they're you know playing this super, super rugby standard of fitness and um, that's really impacted. But you look at some of those boys now, they're, they're a little bit seasoned hard and they're a little bit harder. They, they, they're they starting to get there. And like Amor, like he's certainly, like you said, he's, he's, he's a weapon. And I think the fitness is finally starting to kick in for them. They're, they're starting to get, get a little bit a harder edge towards them, towards the back end of the season. Yeah, well, they were on the back foot from the start last year because COVID uh, affected 
uh, Moana Pacifica worse than any other team. Mm. Uh, you know, circumstances, just the way it got around the team and, and, and what have you. They, they had a, a really rough start. And, and they were on the back foot because of that. And in some ways, you know, they did pick up a couple of wins. And, and you know, you remember later on in the season, they actually beat the Brumbies. And, and that is that is some fair achievement. Mm. Um, and this year, they were on the back foot for a different reason. You just do get the feeling that some of the players uh, did not turn up, you know, for the pre-season in the sort of condition that you would hope that they would or that they would be expected to do so. And, and, and what you're saying, some of them not playing in the NPC or whatever reasons it was. Uh, and, and so you do get the feeling that they're just now uh, starting to find the fitness. Their biggest problem has been, or they've had two major problems. One is, is their, their defence inside the 22, that if teams come at them, come at them, come at them, eventually they, they, they break. And so you can put that down to a fatigue factor. But, you know, they, they also perhaps don't have um, the bench um, that, that some other teams have had for one reason or another. And so they've tended to fall away in games that they've been competitive in for 50, 40, 50, even 60 minutes. They've just basically got away with them towards the end. So I think that was what was really encouraging on, for them on Friday night was the fact that they actually were still uh, right and you know, still fizzing, competing at, at the very end, threatening to score tries and... and yeah, it's just a shame that it's only now starting to happen, you know, over halfway through the program. Hey, TJ, speaking of that game on Friday night, there are a lot of people here thinking this is the one that Moana Pacifica will win. You know, they, they had a chance against the Drua, they had a chance against the Force, but we all thought, oh, this is the one. What's what was the what was the feeling you gave from the team after that result? Are they still? Is it taking the wind out of them, or is it like we can still get one? Oh, look, I'm sure they still can. I mean, you know playing sort of a lot, a lot of the New Zealand teams early on, that, that that's that's really difficult. I Look, I, Dean, I thought they had a chance of winning uh, Friday as well. Mm. Um, I, I just felt that with, the, you know, some of the disruptions that the Reds had had, there's a bit of an irony, really, mm. in, in that uh, you'd think that playing, in, and it was hot as hell, it was it was <laughs> well over, I mean, I, you know, I, I, had a, uh, I was at a wet T-shirt competition by the time I got to the top of the grandstand, I can tell you. Oh, oh yeah, I don't know mate, about that, TJ. That's put an image, that's put an image oh, in my head, mate, yeah, I'm not, not sure. Not, Come on, it's lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, you know, 29, 30 degrees, um, humid as, as anything. But, of course, with the Moana Pacifica guys, they've been playing in New Zealand, um, and, and whereas the Queensland guys coming from oh. the heat and humidity of Queensland were probably um, better off, they, they, and, and they didn't actually arrive until the Friday. Um, that was a little bit disappointing. It would have been nice if they'd been up there a couple of days early, but that was, that was their choice. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I thought that was an opportunity, um, but the, the Reds, I think, were also... You know, awake to that, mm. and they they started strongly, and you know, really hammered away, and and actually controlled the game through the first ten or fifteen minutes. It was just something that happened in a flash that got um you know minor Pacifica back on on level terms. But the the key to it was uh, they also realised that um, much as the the um, the line out had been pretty secure with um, Samuel and Molly, probably the most accurate thrower in the competition according to the stats, the scrum. They, they went for it. They really attacked the scrum. And apart from a couple of really weird ones late in the game with the penalty actually went the other way, I think that was... They, they just put out their stall and said, right, um, yeah, I know that you know there's a happy crowd. He wants to see a lot of 
flowing rugby, but we're going to we're going to go set piece here. We're going to go hard. We're going to go direct because uh, that's our best chance of winning the game, and they they did that pretty pretty effectively. Yeah, it seems to be Moana's uh, big thorn is is set piece. They they tend to struggle at scrum time and line out, but they've got to buy next weekend, and then they've got the Rebels. I think I think Rebels at home. I think they'll be they'll be give them a week off, freshen up, and I think that's the one they'll be really eyeing up for a win. Yeah, yeah. Look, for you know, for their sake, let's hope so because the last thing you want is for them to go through a season without a win. Uh, you know, they 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 really do. It would be it would you know give them such a boost. It would you know just generate some you know any if there's any waning interest mm. with the fans, it would it would regenerate that. Or I think I think the visit to Samoa will have done a lot um, just just to boost that up anyway. But yeah, the Rebels they. They're another team that, you know, they've got some pretty good players, but, you know, they, they really struggle to find their identity. What are they? You know, who do they represent and all that sort of thing. So, you know, maybe that, that is their chance um, to, to get a win and for their sake. And, you know, it just seemed like such a, such a good bunch of guys. You know, you'd like to see it happen. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. Hey, TJ, thanks so much for talking with us today, mate, and uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon, brother. Cheers, Dino. Steve, yep. See you guys. Cheers, mate. There you go, uh, Tony Johnson. And yeah, really interesting what um, TJ said there about that, even that last bit. He, he's actually right. The, the Queensland, the Reds players would have been more acclimatised than the Moana Pacific players, which is hugely ironic. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. They've, they're, and they're also in the New Zealand pool. So, yeah. like, if you put some of the Aussie teams in New Zealand pool, like they, they, they'd be, they'd be out, they'd be dead in their feet by yeah. this time of the competition because they've played mostly in the New Zealand teams, and then they've got to play three of them for the second time. So they certainly don't get they certainly don't get the good luck of the draw. But I'm really hoping I'm really hoping that that would have brought them together, being yes. back in Samoa, yeah. helped them find their identity, um, you know, give them some confidence. They get a buy and I just I just hope they turn up in two weeks for that Rebels game and I hope they blow them blow them away. Yeah, let's hope so. It's uh, twenty five past one. We'll be back after the break. Habas one here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you uh, on the Bunnings Trade uh, Rugby uh, Run. Uh, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Steve Devine is also with us today. Keep your texts coming in, double eight, uh, double three, if there's anything you want to ask uh, Steve. Or you can, of course, call uh, 0800 We have got a text come in before uh, Steve. It's also from Ken again. He's got Dean and Steve on the blues. Their injury list now must be only Akira and RTS, apart from Hodgman gone for the season and they must be close to playing again. The Blues seem to have a good run-in, and he'd like your thoughts on Sam Derry. Is he an all-black bolter? Uh, yeah, the Blues are looking pretty good injury-wise. I think Bryce Heem's another one with a with a slight groin strain that I think he'll be back okay. by the time because obviously they got the bye this weekend. So I think by next week they'll be pretty close. A couple of outside backs uh, that are also um, injured, that sort of may figure again, mm. but they'll be, yeah, they'll be getting pretty close back to their full strength. I would imagine. That's good. Sam Derry, uh, great, great lock. Uh, they missed him at the start of the season. He he was out injured. Um, he's come back. He's had a couple of games playing really well, playing really really well. Mm. Um, I just think looking forward to the All Blacks this year. Locking yeah. wise, we have White Lock, Retallick, Vi, um, Scott, Scott Barrett, and also Patrick. So. 
Um, do I think he will be a bolter? A few injuries, he, he, his name will be up there, but I just think as it stands with those five, they're probably... That's your top five. That's your top five. They, yeah. they'll, they'll take four to the World Cup. They won't take any more. Um, and that's probably, you know, you're going to be leaving one pretty good lock home if you're only taking four out of those five. So is he, is he a possibility? Is a possibility if there's a few injuries. Uh, however, next year... Um, if he keeps up the form, you know, next year is going to be a whole different killer fish. We're going to have a whole lot of young players coming through. We're going to be leading a whole lot of people. So he just needs to continue playing good footy, and I'm sure he will be pretty close. It's That's a great answer, Steve. And it's an interesting time, you're right, because here we are, World Cup year. We're building to the World Cup. Um, and we all know that for this World Cup, it's the last World Cup for a lot of these players. This is at the end, and then... Scott comes in, makes the changes. And you're right, there's Sam Derry mentioned before, uh, Cam Roygaard, you know, all these new possible faces come in and after the World Cup. Yep. Oh, there's there's going to be it's going to be a big shift, but when I look, you know, looking at it right now, um, mm. there is some talent. There's there's a pretty good talent pool for 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 positions, so that's good news. Uh, and I think you know it's good it's good we selected the All Black coach. Uh, this early because we need someone looking at next year because we don't want to lose too many players. Um, you know, you can lose the top tier; they all you know move on. But it's that it's that second tier that then become your blacks. If we lose them as well, then we then we get ourselves into a bit of strife. So it's good that they've got um, someone looking at that. I, I, someone needs to sign Damien McKenzie ASAP for for oh, next yeah. year. Yeah, because what is his deal at the moment? Is it well, just he's off. Up? Yeah, he's off. He's off contract. Um, and I'm pretty sure he'll be saying to NZRU, um, "Show me the money." Yeah, absolutely. Well, and no one would disagree at the moment. But this this once again, Steve brings up the question and. Why can't players go overseas and not be picked? Like if Damian McKenzie got a huge offer from Leinster or whatever for three million a season, could he go over there and still be picked for the All Blacks? Uh, well, you know, this is what they do in Aussie. Once you've played a few, you can go offshore, and, and yeah. the Africans can go offshore. But yeah. uh, I just we wouldn't have anyone else playing rugby. You know, I just I think everyone. Why would you Why would you stay here if if you could mm. play for big money offshore uh, and get an All Black jumper as well? So. That all black jumper uh, keeps people in the country, um, full stop. And you know, we we would struggle as a nation if we if we allowed people to play offshore for money and then and get the jumper as well. It just it wouldn't be fair for people down here. I, I understand the reasoning, and yeah. I think it's a good reasoning, and, and I, I definitely support it because I think that's you know you look at Aussie now, people start leaving and. Uh, you know, once they've played so many tests, they can they can play offshore and still be called in, and it just it just. Well, it creates a bit of disharmony uh, with the guys back here that are, you know, trying to Change, changes the mindset, changes the environment. Yeah, well, you play hard for your for just say you're playing hard for the Brumbies week in week out, and then you know you think you're next in line, and they call someone back in from overseas um, because they want to fill a position. And I just, yeah, I just you know. And it, I suppose it brings up that uh, club versus country. Like if you're playing for a, a club which is owned by someone, they might not want you oh, to play for your you look at, international team. One hundred percent. You look at a lot of the island boys, you mm. know, that are playing up in the northern hemisphere, and they're. You know, we won't contract you next year unless you choose not to play for your country because mm. we don't want you to get injured. So, I mean, it definitely happens and, you know, it shouldn't happen, but it's unfortunate. And I think it's just good to keep our, yeah. you know, if you want an all-black jumper, then you um, you play in New Zealand this and it keeps people here. And that's the price you pay. And then towards the end of the season, we might, you know, if you mm. if you if you play well, if you – you know, one of the top players, we will give you a year off and you can go offshore and make an extreme amount of money. And It's and even like what Damien McKenzie did in between the World Cup cycle. Go away for a year when it's not the year of the yep. World Cup, 
get some big coin. Oh, Carter's done it. Bodie Barry's yeah. done it. Like there's been plenty of but what you need to be aware of is a lot of the players who have done it. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's come back and has played great rugby straight off the bat. It's taken them. Yeah. It's taken them. You know, six months. It's taken them NPC campaign. Yeah. Um, Damien McKenzie had Agreed. an NPC campaign last year. Didn't make the All Blacks. So you just got to be aware that um, Brody Retallick was another one. He he came back yes. not quite the player. Um, you know, it's taken him. It's taken him a year to get himself back in yep. back in that shape, back into that conditioning of Super Rugby because mm-hmm. it is it is definitely a level above um, Japanese rugby. So, yeah. um, those players just yeah need to be aware that you know it's going to take some hard work. T um, uh, T J Perinara was another, another one. one. You know, yeah. came back and had to work hard, and he did that. It was uh, gutting. He got that injury at the end, yeah. end of last year. I thought he was playing the best rugby he ever had. Yeah, it's interesting when you put it like that. And we, but we were talking as well in the break. Another another name that come up, which always comes up in rugby, was Eddie Jones. And you said the Aussies are they're, they're picking their team this week. Or? Well, he's he's got a squad. Uh, so the Wallabies have announced a, a training squad, the first training squad. I think there's going to be multiple. Okay. But, um, so he's announced a squad, and I think they're all catching up. For a few days over over the next couple of days, um, and then obviously there's guys offshore yeah. that are, that'll be joining via Zoom, and so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple it, of days. And let's be fair, he's he's all about headlines, Eddie Jones. He's oh. all, and, and look, we he's we love we love hate relationship. Do you have do you know have you men? Do you know are there any any yarns? Um, so when I was a very young football player, yeah, I, I came over here and played MPC, and then got asked by the Blues to hang around and play Super Rugby for the night. 1999 season. Right. Uh, at that stage, I had an offer to play for the Brumbies for that season as oh, well. Wow. Okay. So um, it was a funny story. I played NPC, went home, and uh, Eddie Jones rang up and you know said we want to have a chat. So I said oh, I'm working today. I was a, a apprentice electrician in <laughs> I, Sydney. I love it. So I was working and uh, I, I told my boss, I said, you know, Eddie Jones wants to keep up. And he goes, oh, yeah, mate, yep, free. So I said, I finish work at four. Um, I'm working on Parramatta Road yeah. by the university. There's two pubs. There's this pub on the corner. I'll meet you at the front of the pub. And he's like, yeah. all right. So we met there. Yeah. I got there. I didn't know what Eddie Jones had even looked like. I just <laughs> thought he was an Australian rugby player. And um, – <laughs> Yeah, I was standing. I was standing. There was, there was actually two pubs on each corner. I was standing at the front oh, of one, no. and there was a guy standing at the front of the other. And I was like, I was looking at him, and he obviously didn't know who I was either. <laughs> and I was looking at him, and he was like, "That's not Eddie. That's can't be Eddie Jones." I'd imagine a hooker would be a bit bigger yeah. than that. So I ended up going inside, and I ordered a water, and I sat at the window. I was just waiting. This this guy was just standing over the other side of the street, and, and eventually it was about fifteen minutes. I was like, ah. Oh. So I went over, and I was like, Eddie, and he's like, Steve, and I was like, ah. Oh. So we. We shook hands and uh, and we had a chat about um, yeah playing for um, playing for the Brumbies. But then I spoke to Australian Rugby Union and I said, you know, what am I? Wh- you know, what should I do? I'm a young kid. I just want to get some game time. And and yeah. they said to me, you know, you're better off getting some game time in New Zealand in the same competition than sitting on the bench behind George Gregan all season. Of course. So I I rang up. Um, Eddie and I said oh, I'm I'm going to go to New Zealand and you know try yeah. and get a bit of experience and and then like a, about a week after the conversation I had with the um, Australian Rugby Union uh, they came out and said you you had to be playing in Australia so they basically told me to go oh, you're and joking. then and then sort of Eddie abused me on the phone as a kid saying you know you're turning your back on Australian rugby and I was like mate I've, you've just told me to go to New Zealand basically and now you're, you're getting stuck into me and wow so so that's where I was and then New Zealand Rugby Union came to me and said listen mate. Um, you know we're not offering you anything, but if you wanna if you wanna um, have a crack here, we're you know we're happy to help you out and see see how far along you get. 
And so I, I committed to New Zealand rugby for three years because I didn't have any eligibility. So I had to stand yeah, down yeah. for three years. Yeah. And, and that's uh, that was my story. That's um, Wow. So thanks to Eddie Jones, who basically um, abused me on the phone as a young kid and told me to, that I was turning my back on Australian rugby. I end up staying here. That is insane. That is absolutely insane, especially when they told you to go over to New Zealand to yeah. get the experience and then they shut the door on you. Yeah, yeah, about a month afterwards. So, yeah, I felt pretty, you know, initially I felt pretty... Uh, oh. Pretty, pretty hard about it. I it, was, it was a big decision to move over here. Absolutely. And, and then they told me I, I was not eligible, and I was like, "Well, that's not fair." And, and, no. And and then you know that, and that's why I'm so loyal to New Zealand Rugby. They, you know, they approached me and said, "You know, if you want to have a crack here, we'll we'll help you as much as we can." And oh man, we're not promising you anything, but if you you know if you want to have a go, we'll 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 support that. And yeah, and 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 that's why I'm so loyal to uh, NZRU. I think. Good on you, man. That is an amazing story, and it gives people a bit of an insight into Eddie Jones as well. And a know. few years later, oh, okay, uh, here, more, we go, okay, here we good, go. Here we go. A few good. years later, it was yes. it was um, I was doing some work for Sky TV at the 2011 Rugby World Cup. Yeah, and he wasn't coaching at that stage. He was um, a guest. Uh, I was doing some pregame game between the Australian and the Irish game at Eden Park. Right, and uh, he was a pregame. Uh, guest and I did a sort of an interview with him and I always had this sort of thought in my side about it. Of I, I made some smart ass comments on TV and then the best thing about it was during that game we went up into the stands and yeah. he sat next to me and I was having beers and he was all nervous and I was giving it to him the whole match. Yes. I got to sit next to him the whole match and I was just into him yes. and the Irish won and it was probably one of the greatest nights of rugby oh. uh, ever at Eden Park. Uh, amen. Stand yes, back. it was. Oh, it was so good. Payback is a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very good. I I, I enjoyed that night along with uh, probably thirty eight, forty thousand Kiwis. They're all dressed in green. Oh, that is superb! Absolutely superb. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but if you've got any thoughts on that, please let us know. Double eight, double three, or give us a call. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Quarter to two here on SENZ. Dean Butler here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby. Run Power Your Business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Steve Devine is here with us as well. And if you have just joined us, Steve just told an amazing story about his uh, time and meeting with uh, Eddie Jones. And and now we're at this uh, Australia Island game. Steve, you're there at Eden Park. You're next to Eddie Jones and to, and to, and you basically you've had a couple of you've had a couple by this stage. Yeah, so I, I was working for Sky, and, and what I did for, for Sky, they called it colour, go out and interview people and get some fun stuff and yeah. do whatever. And I was like, I was, I was doing some interviewing some people, and I was like, you know, they're all dressed in all the Irish kid. And I was like, you know, how long have you been? How long have you been in New Zealand for? Where are you yeah. joining? They're like. Oh no, we're we're Kiwis. Like we go for the All Blacks and anyone who's who's up against Australia. So there was there was basically like forty eight thousand Kiwis, like all dressed as Irishmen in the game. And I, I uh, interviewed some people, and then I walked past the TAB, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go in. I'm going to put a bet on it. And okay. I think it was paying like um, eight bucks or something Ooh. for Ireland to be beating Australia. Uh, Oh, first to ten points. First to so first to ten, uh, yeah, to one, and that yeah. Is and I was like, I'm going to have a bit of money on that. So, okay. Long story short, I get to the game, interviewing Eddie Jones, being cheeky, and then we go up in the stands and watch it, and then um, and sure, I was like, um, Ireland are going to kick four penalties. So I saw it for sure, like they're going to kick four penalties in the first half. I'll guarantee it. And boom, they did. So oh, like thirty minutes into the game, I'm already up a couple of hundred. <laughs> 
I'm on the beer, sitting next to Eddie Jones, and I'm just into his ear. Like, I can talk shit with the best of them, right? And I'm just being the cheeky halfback, and I'm just into him. He hated every minute of him. Oh, so and, then, and then the so Irish good. kid on top and win, you know? And the whole, like, Eden Park, when the kickoff happened, it was just a sigh of, like, everyone was like, we don't actually care who wins this game. Yeah. We're just going to. We're just going to have a good time. And oh. I was just having a good time with everyone sitting next to me. Oh, mate, Eddie, just into his ear. Oh, it, was, it was glorious. It was a glorious night of rugby. I'll never forget it. Oh, oh that is absolutely wonderful. So, hey, we, and from myself and Ben and, the, and, the, and the, I'll speak on behalf of the audience, thank you for sharing that too, oh, mate. It was a, and I won a couple of hundred. You yeah. know, what, what else? <laughs> what it was else? just one of those nights. How good, how good. Hey, if you've got any last-minute texts, uh, give us now double eight double three or any calls, 0800-150-811, but we do have to wrap it up. We've got one final ad break to go. So, let, Benny, let's get this out of the way. Seven minutes to two o'clock here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run with Dean Butler and Steve Devine. Steve, almost time to wrap it up, mate. We've got about three minutes left. We were talking about um, the upcoming World Cup, of course, which is bringing on lots of things. We were mentioning Eddie Jones, the Aussie team and whatnot. And then you mentioned the 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 groups, the draw, and it sounds like it's, it's very one-sided or like almost, you know, as if it's been... You know, oh, it's pretty, hand, it's, hand it's pretty stacked. Um, so the top four teams in the world right now are all on one side of the pool. So they'll meet in the – so uh, the French, New Zealand, South Africa and Irish will all play each other. We're all on the same side of the draw. We'll all play each other in the quarterfinals. So only two of those teams will go through to a semifinal. Whereas you look on the other – so on the other side of the pool, um, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth and thirteenth teams no. are all on that other side. So – uh, so Aussie, yeah, Aussie should get pretty comfortably into a semi-final. Wow! And so should England, because they're all on that side. The softer they're on, side they're of the on, draw. they're on that side of the pool where most of those teams are below them. I mean, there's, there's some, there's, there's a Scotland and there's an Argentina uh, in there that that will probably make up the quarterfinals. But yeah, yeah there's certainly, there's certainly a pretty tough draw, and there's a, certainly a pretty easy draw. So Eddie. <sighs> If Eddie doesn't make himself way to a semi-final, then um, then that's a fail on on Australian rugby. I see. What you've just told me, absolutely. And was that was that based on? Well, it can't be on current rankings. I think they take it from from three four years ago. Oh, you know, and it, it, obviously a lot's changed in the game, and it's just worked out that the the top four teams in the world of of are now all playing each other. And, which, and, and who do, who makes is it the England rugby? Who uh, makes see, this draw? Rugby's run by by the IRB, which yeah. is run by England. <laughs> And um, you know that's why some of the rules we have, I believe, is 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 all swayed towards that northern yeah. hemisphere style of rugby that no one down here really enjoys. No, or anyone don't. does anyone really watch scrums? Like, I mean, <laughs> yes, I understand we need them in the game and it has to be competitive. But does anyone want to see scrum after scrum after scrum? And, no one does. You know, it's a scrum. If it goes down, it's a free kick, yeah. and and we play on. Move and on. and you from that free kick, you can't take another scrum. Right? See, We've just had a scrum. Why have another one? Let's just free kick and we play on it. It doesn't seem hard to me, but... That's, to me, that's a common sense solution to a problem because it's the endless resets where people go, oh, God, not again. Yeah, or, or then or then we kick it for a line out and we have a scrum in a different format called a maul. Oh, that's even worse. And then, uh, and then we get a penalty from that, so we do the same thing. We just repeat it, and it's... Oh, no, for me, it just... Yeah, that's not the game that I 
no. like watching, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there the same. I think you're right. Hey, Steve, almost time to wrap it up. We just got a uh, text in here from David. Steve, great story. <laughs> Always reckon you played for the wrong super team, but loved watching you as an AB. Let's go the Crusaders. That's from... Uh, David, oh, the old Crusader fan. Eh? They, yeah. they, they, anyone from Christchurch loves their team. You can't, you can't disagree with that. <laughs> hey, Steve, it's been great uh, being on with you today, mate. Uh, hopefully, we'll do it again sometime. Who knows? We're both part timers here, mate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Who knows when the next gig is? Uh, thank you so much for listening, folks, and we'll be back after two.